Hello, and welcome to Code Conversations, a podcast series from ECNM Magazine that focuses on interpreting the National Electrical Code. I'm Ellen Parson, Editor-in-Chief of ECNM, and I'm sitting down today with NEC expert Russ LeBlanc to discuss difficult to decipher concepts surrounding the 2020 NEC in 10 minutes or less. Code Conversations is one of the many new benefits available to our free members-only portal available on our website, ecmweb.com, located under premium content. Most of you probably already know Russ. He's a master electrician, electrical instructor, trainer, certified electrical inspector, and longtime contributor and code consultant to ECNM Magazine, bringing you some of our most popular pieces of content, including What's Wrong Here, Moving Violations videos, and Illustrated Code Catastrophes. For today's episode, we're going to discuss SEC 240.24, taking a look at why circuit breakers don't always meet the definition of readily accessible. Russ, let's jump right into this issue and help our listeners understand why breaker locks can cause confusion. So it does seem like there's some confusion surrounding certain breaker locks on circuit breakers as a popular way to secure the breaker in the on position so it doesn't get inadvertently switched off. So what's the real issue here as far as the code goes? Quite often I see this type of device installed on circuit breakers, uh, especially for fire alarm systems. Unfortunately, certain types of uh, breaker locks are not permitted due to changes to the definition of readily accessible in Article 100 over the past few uh, code revision cycles. For a circuit breaker to be considered readily accessible as required by Section 240.24a, it must be capable of being reached quickly for operation, renewal, or inspection without requiring those people who need access to climb over or under or remove obstacles, use portable ladders, or resort to the use of tools other than keys. Okay, so because the breaker lock often requires the use of a screwdriver to remove it, does that mean the circuit breaker doesn't meet the definition of readily accessible? Yes, it does, because a screwdriver is considered a tool. Ironically, if a breaker lock or a panel cover were capable of being locked or unlocked with the use of a key, the circuit breakers would still be considered readily accessible. The need for using a key still fits in the definition of readily accessible, but using other tools does not. There are many other types of breaker lock devices available on the market that can be installed, which still allow a circuit breaker to meet the definition of readily accessible. Compliant lockout devices include uh, those with thumb screws for securing or removing the locking device from the breaker, those that could be installed or removed by hand without the use of any tools, and those that may require a key to install or remove them. I suppose we could debate whether an Allen wrench is a tool or a key because they're also known as a hex key, but I think we should leave that debate between the AHJ and the installers. So using a screwdriver to remove a breaker lock may not take any longer than using a key to remove it, but it is literally a violation if a screwdriver is actually needed. Yep, that's exactly right. I suppose if you could convince the AHJ that you could remove that breaker lock with a key instead of a screwdriver, or simply by using a hands uh, with no tools, he or she might go along with that idea. I want to point out that the code may not specifically prohibit the practice of securing a switch or circuit breaker in the on position other than section 620.51a for elevators, escalators, and similar equipment covered by article 620. But generally speaking, it does not specifically permit this practice either, other than for a few situations such as 
section 760.41a and 760.121b for fire alarm circuits and 700.12f23 and 701.12g for unit lighting equipment packs. I also want to point out that securing a circuit breaker in the on position will not prevent the internal mechanisms from tripping the breaker in the event of a short circuit, a ground fault, or an overload condition. Generally speaking, it would be fine to secure any circuit breaker in the on position unless it's specifically prohibited, such as in the case of some elevator equipment. Certain industrial processes, hazardous gas ventilation systems, medical equipment, and other life safety equipment could create a safety hazard if the circuit was inadvertently shut off, just as it would in the case of a fire alarm system. Okay, thanks for that explanation. Uh, that definitely helps put that into perspective. And it looks like we're about out of time. So I want to thank Russ for sharing his unique insights from the field and industry knowledge with us today. And in closing, I'd also like to thank Senior Associate Editor Ellie Coggins and Associate Editor Michael Morris for editing and putting these podcasts together, making this valuable information available to all of our readers and listeners. This podcast is produced by ECMM Magazine, part of the portfolio of Endeavor Business Media Publications. That's it for today's Code Conversation. Please let me know if you have any pressing NEC podcast topics you'd like to listen to in the future. And don't forget to check out the members-only portal of our website for more podcasts and other content resources for electrical construction professionals. Thanks and have a great day.